So if you've got a Bible on you, feel free to turn to Genesis 37. We're in Genesis 37 this morning, and we're continuing through our Heroes series. And today we're reading the story of Joseph. Now, last Sunday we looked at Noah and we saw this, that it's not the strength of our faith that saves us, but rather the strength of the one our faith is in. As Tim Keller said, strong faith in a weak branch is fatally inferior to weak faith in a strong branch. And that's what we were looking at last week. You can catch up on the talk last week on the podcast if you so wish. Today we are meeting Joseph. And what we're going to learn from this hero is this, that we're called to let God piece together our story for his glory. Yeah? Let God piece together our story for his glory. So let's read the Bible together. We're in Genesis 37 verses 1 through to 11. And kids, do you want to come and join me on the mats at the front? Because we're going to do some colouring in a minute. And I'd love as many people on the, on the, on the mats as possible for our story. Okay. So we're reading from Genesis 37 verses 1 through to 11. So we read this. Jacob lived in the land where his father had stayed, the land of Canaan. This is the account of Jacob's family line. Joseph, a young man of 17, was tending the flocks with his brothers, the sons of Bilhah, the sons of Zilpha, his father's wives, and he brought their father a bad report about them. Now Israel, that's Jacob's name, Now Israel loved Joseph more than any of his other sons because he had been born to him in his old age and he made an ornate robe for him. When his brothers saw that their father loved him more than any of them, they hated him and could not speak a kind word to him. Joseph had a dream and when he told it to his brothers, they hated him all the more. They said, listen to this, he said, listen to this dream I had. So this is Joseph telling them about his dream dream and imagine saying this to your brothers and sisters he said we were binding sheaves of corn out in the field that means cutting down like long um, like long grass really when suddenly my sheaf rose and stood upright while your sheaves gathered round mine and bowed down can you imagine saying that to your brother or sister what might they say His brothers said to him, do you intend to reign over us a bit like a king? Will you actually rule us? And they hated him all the more because of his dream and what he had said. Then he had another dream and he told it to his brothers. Listen, he said, I had another dream. And this time the sun and the moon and 11 stars were bowing down to me. (gasps) When he told his father, as well as his brothers, his father rebuked him and said, what is this dream you had? Will your mother and I and your brothers actually come and bow down to the ground before you? His brothers were jealous of him, but his father kept the matter in mind. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So kids, what we're going to see today is this, that our lives are like little parts 
of a big picture, which is what we've got here. We've got some little parts of a big picture, a bit like a jigsaw puzzle, okay? Who loves jigsaws? Hands up if you love jigsaws. Yeah, we love jigsaws in our house, okay? Now, if you just look at a tiny picture, it doesn't make a lot of sense. Can anyone tell me what this is a picture of? A spaceship. A spaceship? Zoe? Yeah, perhaps. Blaze. Yes, maybe some clothes. Okay then, Evan. The cross, it could be the cross. We can't really tell what it is, can we? But here's the thing. We're called to let God piece together our story for his glory. We're called to let God put all of these things together in our life so that they make sense and point to him. Now to help us think about this, these are quite boring pictures at the moment. We have a part to play in colouring them in. So we're going to put these down here and I would love you to take one each and we can't lose any of them because otherwise the picture won't be complete. Uh, Grown-ups, that was a memo to you more than to anyone else. Um, And it would be great if they all had some different colours on them. Is that okay? Can you help with that? Fantastic. Here we go. I'm going to put these in the middle, make sure everyone has got one. And grown-ups, feel free to keep the Bible open. So let's work through this passage together. And the basic outline of where we're going going to do today is we're going to look at Joseph's dreams. We're going to look at his pride and we're going to look how the end of this passage isn't the end of the story okay so the first thing then that we need to learn from this passage is that our dreams reveal our story okay so we meet Joseph this man who is a beloved son but a hated brother he's having these dreams all about his life but notice that the story doesn't start with the dreams the story starts way before that he is vastly preferred by his father his father has got favorites and Joseph is that one and you can imagine what it must have been like growing up for him he's constantly the favorite and he's constantly on the outside And yet God speaks to him and he speaks to him through this dream. He was given a sense of purpose, even from a background of brokenness. He was given a sense of what his life would be about, even though everything in his upbringing said he was going to be on the outside. And his dream as we heard, was that he was one day going to rule and reign, and part of that would be over his brothers. This is a man with a sense of destiny about his life. Many of us have dreams about our life. Many of us have things that we feel we are just wired for. Maybe with you it's a sense of destiny as well. And this is not just actual dreams, but it's also maybe looking at the things, the way that God has wired us. I'm really good at science. It's not me. I'm hypothesizing. I'm not good at science. But you could be really good at science. I was looking over at Helen Cook just then. Maybe you're really good at coloring. Wow, that is amazing. Again, not me. 
Maybe you know that you have a real heart for people. You have a real dream to see God flourish in, um, see businesses flourish in the grace of God. Maybe it's about healthcare. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's about charities. But you sense that God has put something on your life. Be it a business, a career, a charity, a project, a role in the kingdom, or people we feel called to care for. Now look, there are two mistakes that we can make about this, that this passage warns us again. The first mistake is this is to say that these dreams are irrelevant. The second mistake is to say that these dreams are completely accurate. So let's start with the first mistake. These dreams are irrelevant. Don't make mistake one. And the reason that we say this is because God has wired you for something. We are not secularists. We are not atheists. We do not believe that we are just biological machines. We believe that God has wired us and made us, designed us for a purpose. And only those who believe in a God who knows us personally can hold such a view. The world might say it endlessly, but it means nothing on the backdrop of atheism. And yet, when you believe in a personal God who knows you and loves you, you can confidently affirm the Lord makes each person with a purpose. The Lord wires us to bring him glory in the world. So don't make mistake one and say that these dreams are irrelevant. However, we also learn from Joseph, don't make mistake two, verse eight. If our dreams reveal our story, our pride obscures our story. Mistake two is to think that these dreams are completely accurate. You see, we will always assume the most favourable interpretation of our dreams. Do you notice that in Joseph's life? He assumes the most favourable interpretation of his dream that he is just one day going to be raised up and he's going to rule over his brothers. Everything is just going to be so great. If you know Joseph's story, you'll know that's not how it goes. We assume the route with the least sacrifice and with the least suffering. And that means that, uh, that the temptation when sacrifice and suffering come is that we assume that the dreams were completely wrong to start with. They weren't completely wrong It's just that they weren't completely right. We assumed that we could get there without suffering and without sacrifice. You see, Joseph's story is that one day he would rise above his brothers. But pride obscured his understanding at that time. He assumed it was all about him. It was actually about the way that God was going to save his people. Pride rarely puffs our dreams up. Often it shrinks them down. It wasn't just that God was going to raise up Joseph to rule over his brothers. That was a thing too small. God was going to raise up Joseph so that he would save his people. Dreams reveal our story. Pride obscures our story. Because the end of the story is that Joseph was sold into slavery and his brothers come to him to escape famine. And they indeed bow down to him. Joseph assumed the route to that moment was a route of glory rather than a route of suffering. His pride obscures the story. But here's the thing. God was not done with him. God pieces together our story for his glory. Look at, me with ver- uh, look at verse 11 with me. His brothers were jealous of him 
but his father kept the matter in mind. Now, if you know the Bible, you'll know that that phrase doesn't just appear here. His father kept the matter in mind. That's the Bible's way of saying it wasn't the end of the story. In Jesus' birth narrative, the Bible says the same thing about Mary. But Mary pondered these things in her heart. It's saying, this isn't the end of the story. God pieced together the parts of Joseph's story in such a way that they brought glory to himself. God was glorified when Joseph resisted temptation with Potiphar's wife. God was glorified when Joseph interpreted dreams and spoke of how he received the gift. God was glorified when he provided for his people through famine by the position that he had given Joseph. And when he led his people out of Egypt by the Red Sea a few hundred years later, how did they got down in Egypt in the first place? They'd moved down with Joseph. And what was the end result of God leading them through the Red Sea? God was glorified. It might not have been how Joseph had, would have written it, but his story was pieced together for God's glory. And the same is true of us. God is glorified in our lives when we stay faithful in the process. So kids, how are we getting on with our colouring? Are they, are they looking good? We're going to start piecing together this story. Do you think we can lay them out in the middle here? And we've got some um, masking tape. Okay, lay them all out and we're going to see if we can piece it all together to make the picture. Oh, that's looking good. Anyone else got any other pieces that we can put down? Well done. Where do you think they might go? That's beautiful. Well done. Um, I'm not sure. I think you're right. Let's put that one at the bottom. Should we put this on this side maybe? There we go. Did it. Okay then. Wow, that's excellent. Where do we think this goes? What does this look like? Do you think this might go up here? That Eliza's. Okay, well, I'll have to keep hold of that. There we go. Can we see it? Okay, excellent. Now, let's see. Can we get any more pieces of paper that fit in here? Can anyone see any more bits of paper? Okay, then. Flory's got two pieces. Flory, where do you think those might go? Can anyone help Flory find the right place for them? Okay, then. Go. This is a challenge for grown-ups and kids alike. Okay then. Well done. Oh, that looks good. Eliza, that's so helpful, my darling. Thank you. Well done. Oh, I think that one goes over that way. All right. And then we're going to hold this up so that everyone can see this beautiful drawing. Okay then. Well, we're going to try to hold it up at least. You're quite right, Blaze. Okay then, are we ready? Do you think Flores goes down there? Okay then, right. Do you think we've got enough, enough sticky tape on it to hold it all together? Yes. Are you sure? Yeah. Okay then. Missing a piece. We are missing a piece. Okay, maybe we'll find that piece in a minute. Let's hold this up and let's see if we can work out the picture. Hmm. Okay then, are we ready? Can anyone help me lift this up? Me. Are you ready? Can you help me lift it up? Lift it up really high. 
Oh, look at that beautiful picture, everyone. Let's give a round of applause. Can anyone um, identify what's going on in this picture? Well done, you all got it straight away. It's Joseph's robe being put on him. Well done, fantastic. Let's give our kids a big round of applause. Okay, can you take that over there for me, Blaze? That's brilliant. Okay. Now, Joseph's story tells us that sacrifice and suffering, uh, that we, uh, sacrifice and suffering um, are, are, are used by God in the end to bring glory to his name. That sacrifice and suffering are not a sign that the dream is wrong, but it's the sign that the dream is in the process. You see, we see it in Joseph's story, but we see it even more vividly in Jesus' story. He too would be betrayed by his brothers. He too would be raised up by God to save them for his glory. Look at Jesus. He lived the most glorious story, the perfect life, a death that redeemed the world and rising again in glory. And yet he chose to have the Father piece together his story for the Father's glory. In John 12, we read this. Just before Jesus goes to the cross, he says, My soul is troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour? No, this was the reason that I came. Father, glorify your name. Now there's a question for each of us here. Are we okay with God being glorified as the central theme of our story? Are we okay with our life's narrative not being about our glory, but about being about God's glory? Not there's a main thing and a byproduct is that God can be glorified. No, the main thing is that God is being glorified and my life's narr narrative fits into that. That's a question for us all this morning. The second question that I'd love us to ponder, maybe as we come to communion, is this. Is there a dream that's been written off in your life, that's been crushed in your life, that God is bringing to life again this morning? A dream that isn't irrelevant, but you found out wasn't completely accurate, but nonetheless, God wants to breathe life into again.